Welcome to the Running After 40 podcast, the podcast about all things related to running at 40 and beyond, produced by www.runningwithgrit.com. We help you stay physically healthy and emotionally strong at any running pace. I'm Sarah, your host, and a wife, a full-time working mom with three kids, three dogs, and a lifetime passion for running. Whether you are a veteran runner looking to maximize your times as a master runner or a brand new jogger starting in your 40s, 50s, or any age, this podcast will be there for your journey. I want to share stories, secrets, and strategies for success. This includes mistakes and lessons learned, all related to running past age 40. Let's hit the play button together and hit the roads as runners with grit after age 40. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 23 of the Running After Age 40 podcast. Uh, Today I'm back with a special guest. It's actually my boss. So I'm super excited to have her on the show. And before I have her introduce herself, uh, I just want to share that she's actually the inspiration behind this podcast. And she probably doesn't really know that. But uh, so Sarah Kennedy is going to be my guest. And she I met her, I know it's been over 10 years because I hadn't adopted my third daughter yet and we worked together uh, and we used to run together whenever we would go to therapeutic meetings or training meetings. And so eventually, you know, we, we parted ways, worked at different companies. And then uh, I, I met up with her, gosh, about what what would it be three years ago at a conference, two and a half, maybe. Uh, And we went for a run together, caught up, and then I ended up working for her. But what happened was we attended the first kind of meeting back after COVID that was in person. And she's like, do you want to go for a run? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm too embarrassed. I'm too slow. You know? So I said, no. And I was super sad. Like, I, I, I totally love running with my friends. And so the fact that I was like too embarrassed about my speed and just like how my running had come across, I was like, you need to do something about this. And so that's kind of where the whole idea of running after age 40 came about and how, why I wanted to start the site was just to figure out more about strength training, nutrition, and just learn from other people like so that I could uh, run, maybe, maybe not injury free, but at least, you know, like, I think Sarah and I have talked about this, but you know, like without hobbling. So anyway, I started it. Uh, we actually attended another meeting and I did run with her that was out in San Diego. And I know I was super slow and she still hung with me, but, um, I just wanted to throw that story out because you never know, like when something that you're doing is going to inspire someone else. And so I'm just very thankful for her and grateful to be able to work for such an amazing person. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Do you want to just share a little bit about yourself, uh, whatever you feel comfortable sharing about your family, uh, and your background? Well, thank you for that introduction. And I have to say, because you inspire me every day, honestly, like even sometimes I know you always say, you know, I can do hard things. And that's some days when it is even just getting up um, early in the morning to go run or something like that. I'll just think in my head, I can do hard things. And I say it to my kids and that's very much from you. So um, you, you inspire me all the time. And I would actually say, even when I think of, when I listen to the podcast and I hear your introduction of uh, I'm a working mom, um, just one level down from Sarah. So I have two kids and two dogs. Um, we work obviously in the same industry. So uh, it's been drug development for the last few years. Um, I'm based in Colorado, which as a native Midwesterner, it is 
nice to have a lot of different ways to get outside beyond running. And actually, it's just much easier to run year round because even though we get cold days and snowy days, uh, the the weather is that it's just much easier to get out year round. Um, so yeah, I think that that's the the top line version of who I am. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, and I'm jealous of you living in Colorado. Like the trails and stuff that you have out there is just yeah, it's amazing. It, just back us up. Like, how did you originally? I know you mountain. Like you do a lot of biking too. So you can kind of talk about your how you originally got into all types of fitness. But I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So uh, I've run pretty much my whole life. Actually, my dad back in the first, I guess it was, it was jogging at that time boom in the what late seventies, early eighties, my dad actually ran and he ran a couple marathons and my brothers and I always ran. So we ran when we were kids, like we would do five K's or like there's a race in the little town in Wisconsin that I'm from that had like a three and a half mile run that we do every summer. Uh, and then middle school and high school, we did cross country and track. And I had my two older brothers and I, and that was actually, we were all on the same uh, running team, which was a pretty fun experience. We, as, as most kids are, we had a lot of sibling rivalry. We fought a lot, but it was actually fun to have some of those things that were common ground and things that we did together. So yeah, I ran through my freshman year of college, at which point it just, it wasn't fun anymore. There was just a lot of different pressures that were going along with it. And so from there, I just took a different path. I always ran, but it was definitely just kind of a different side part of my life. Yeah. And then when I moved out to Colorado for grad school, um, I still ran. I actually started running much further. I just remember my, my first winter, I basically, I got to spring and I think being from Wisconsin, I was used to getting to spring and having to start over because you just didn't get enough miles in during the really cold periods. And I was like, Oh, it's spring. And I already have a baseline level of fitness. So I'm just going to see how far I could run. And so I was running, um, Mondays were my day off. So I would just go run for eight or nine hours, um, oh, which sounds a little crazy now, but you know, it was, it, it fit my lifestyle at the time. And then, uh, the different people I met, um, and the, the where I worked, there was a lot of people who raced mountain bikes. So, mm -hmm. um, in my twenties, that's what I did next. And so I raced cross country, which is the kind of mountain biking where you race, you ride your bike uphill as well as downhill. Um, okay. it was the uphill. I think that was, yeah, that made me, a. it, it, it let me be competitive because I was much faster on the uphill than the downhill. So, um, I did that for, well, I, I raced, um, at a decently high level, you actually, they have their, it's different from running because running, you just kind of, you go and you sign up for a race and you show up and for mountain biking, because a lot of it's on just narrower trails, mm -hmm. you race in a division. Okay. So I, I got my pro license at some point in there and raced like raced hard for a few years. And I'm really grateful I did that because it definitely, um, I, I got to be a much better rider than if I hadn't raced that hard. And it just, it makes it so now when I want to go do a hard ride, you just you have a different level of you have a different skill sets um, to help you do some of those more complicated rides. Wow. So did you do road biking too, or do you, 
and maybe you could answer that back then and now, like, do you, do you only do mountain biking or do you do some road too? Yeah. So given a choice, I would do only mountain biking, but it's just, it's much more complicated. You have to get to the Mm -hmm. trailhead and things like that. I'm very lucky because there is, there's just a, an easy ride I can do from my house that takes about an hour and a half. So, um, it's, I can get that in, but, uh, it's more efficient to do a road ride. I didn't ever do much road racing. It's, okay. it's just, it's a much different sport. Um, tactically I did some hill climbs because it's when, when you road race, there's, there's so much like with drafting and things like that. Um, Whereas if you do a ride that like a hill climb race, basically, and you just ride up a hill, it's just kind of, you're riding up a hill. So that aspect of road racing is more like mountain biking, but, um, it's more fun for me to be on trails. Yeah. I would think it'd be fun. I I think I'd be a little scared, but I'm curious, like when you did the mountain bike races and when you were doing the high level, like, did you still run and train or is it like you kind of focus? So what's amazing to me is the number of cyclists who can ride for five or six hours and they cannot run a mile. And I never wanted yes. to be that cyclist. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. um, and it's really, it's, it's so it's the difference in pounding and there's just, there's no really eccentric aspect of riding. Um, and I never wanted to be one of those people who couldn't run. So I always made a point of running some, yeah. and I'd actually, I think the running translates really nicely to cycling fitness. And it doesn't go back the other way very well. So it was important to me to always keep that running um, in my fitness plan. Yeah, definitely. Did you ever do triathlons or no? I did. I've done a few of them. I'm a horrible swimmer. Um, okay. I remember the, the first time I, I did, I did an off-road triathlon um, and it was in the mountains and the water was really cold and, um, and I, I was the second to last woman out of the water. And I remember talking to somebody after, because most people who at, they're that far back, they're not trying to really race, if that makes sense. And yep. I came out of the water on a mission. And I remember talking to somebody and she was like, oh, I remember you because you were so far back, but you were still trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. And I mean, because proportionally the swim is so much shorter than either the ride or the run. So the other aspects you, you can definitely compensate mm-hmm. for a lot of bad swimming, but, um, it's, it, yeah. It, and it's, again, that was a fun thing. So I did, uh, for a couple of years after I, um, finished mountain biking racing, I did a couple of triathlons. I worked my way up and did an Ironman distance one just as a, something to have accomplished. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it's, it's really fun and I'm glad I did it. It just, it takes a lot of time. So I'm not sure when I'll ever have that much time to devote to exercise again. Yeah, definitely. I would think, geez, if you're not that good of a swimmer and then you did the Ironman swim, uh, kudos to you. Cause that, that, that's crazy. That's awesome. So what do you do? What are you doing now? Like what's your current regimen for working out? You know, are you doing any racing? What's your life like now? Yeah. So I haven't done any races for a long time. And I think it's one of those things. I, and I, again, I think you and I have talked about this. It, I think it'd be really hard for my ego to see um, what kind of times I would have if I raced. So um, that's something that at least for particularly the shorter distances, it, it's hard for me to conceive of doing some of those. 
I think I would like to choose a half marathon or two to try for this next year, um, just to have something to train towards, um, just in terms of a kind of going through the journey. Um, I had several years where it was just, it was getting harder and harder to run. Um, I had torn my meniscus, um, back in my twenties probably. And I mean, as, as you and I both know, essentially, if you want to cause arthritis in an animal, what you do is you damage the meniscus. It's basically the most reliable way to develop arthritis. So, um, I think just 20 years of having that meniscus in there that was causing some damage. And eventually I did end up having just a quick, uh, arthroscopy to cut that part of the meniscus out. Um, and at the time I remember just saying, cause it was, it had just been getting harder and harder to run. And I just thought, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not old enough yet to stop running. It was early forties at that point. Um, and I, I think just the amount I had been slowing down to get to there. And then it was just really a few years of, it was just, it was harder and harder. It was always something wasn't moving quite right. Um, and actually in the last year I joined a running group and what's interesting to me, and I I know that, you you know, when they're telling people that they should start running, come back slowly, things like that, people always advocate walk running. And that to me always just seemed very, um, it it seemed defeating to walk. Um, so I'd rather just go slowly for longer than walk run. And what's interesting to me, so this running group, they do speed workouts, which means, I mean, it's interval training, basically. So you yep. go hard for a couple of minutes and then go easy for a couple of minutes. And what I found was actually even, I mean, my speed work wasn't super speedy, mm-hmm. but doing that interval training, actually, um, it's brought my running back. So mm-hmm. I'm actually, I feel like running better now than I had, I had been for years. So um, that's been a really great lesson for me that, I mean, it, it took a different approach than what I thought would work, but it's having kind of some patience with it. It's, it's finally come around. When you say walk, run or like run, walk, I guess, um, be specific. Like how, how long do you do each one? And then is that like every time you run or do you do it only when you're doing more of a speed workout type? Yeah. So there's, um, so the, the group that I'm running with, they do either uh, on Tuesdays, they do either speed or hills. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's varied. I mean, there's like progression runs. So, you know, yeah. minute on, two minutes off, two minutes on. So there's there's a, a good variety of them. And I would definitely say like the, the difference in workouts and even just like a difference in hill length and things like that. So it's varied. It's not like every week I'm doing the same thing. And I think having those different stimulus of different intensities. Yeah. Um, it's, that's really, I think in, in hindsight of what's changed over the last year, I, I think that variety, which is different than I was kind of just to the point where it's going out and doing that mild shuffle for whatever mm-hmm. amount of time I had. Um, I think having that structure has been really important to, to getting me back to feeling like I'm actually running. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you, uh, how much do you run a week, I guess? And then how much do you cycle or do other type of cross training? Yeah, so I run three times a week now. And that's what I had been doing. I would say that's probably been the last maybe four or five years. 
Uh, I just, I definitely, I can't run on consecutive days very well. I think that's, um, again, there's compromises that we make for getting older. And I think having, having those off days is important. Um, it's when, now that it's winter, I'll probably ski at least one or two days a week and both cross country and the kind of downhill skiing I do is called telemark, which, um, it's, it's probably also the closest I get to strength training right now. Cause it's, it's a lot of lunges basically coming down the hill. Oh. So if I get a, a day or two in a week doing that, it's really, I think it's, that's also really good cross training. Cause it definitely, it doesn't pound your body the same way running does, but it definitely, you get some strength and some fitness out of both of those. Uh, okay. in the summertime, um, I'll ride, um, a couple of days a week as well. Again, the, the cycling, it just takes so much longer. So it's harder to fit it in. Yeah. And then again, one of the things as I'm getting older, I'm just accepting, you know, some days what I do is I walk the dogs. Some days yeah. what I do is walk the dogs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, and how about your kids? Like, have they gotten into the biking uh, or the running with you? Yeah. So they're, they're pretty good little athletes, actually. Yeah. Um, they're, my older one in particular is way more of an adrenaline junkie. So uh, he, he definitely, he likes mountain biking and he likes to jump off of things um, <laughs> much more so than I do. Which okay. I'm not so sure about how they ski. So they both, they've been pretty much skiing and biking since they could walk. So they, they do pretty well at both of those. My older one does, a sport in the fall that's called cyclocross. So he's on a, a team, a cycling team based out of Boulder and they do, um, it's, it's, you ride your bike, but you also, there's obstacles. So you get on and off your bike and you might have to carry your bike to run up a hill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they both play soccer. They, uh, they also, we have, it's, it's actually my favorite of the youth programs around us. Uh, there's a track and field program, and I feel like it's one of the only youth sport activities that's actually focused on making sure the kids have fun, making sure they're well-rounded. So mm-hmm. it's a track program, but they all do all the events. So everybody does the 100, everybody does the mile. Um, they have something called a turbo javelin. They usually get a pole belt out one or two days, and they kind of just fling the kids with it. But uh, the woman who runs it, as again, so she's a uh, runner and she runs something called the positive coaching Alliance. And I just, I love that it, they're, they're not out to make college athletes out of these kids. They're out to make good kids out of them. And I, I love that about it. Yeah. I remember you telling me about that. That program is super unique and very cool. So, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. So I, uh, I love the fact that you're thinking about doing a half marathon and I completely agree. You know, you and I have had a lot of conversations about this, how you don't even want to look at the time of like a shorter race, you know, I did, uh, and you might like this. I did some research about like the running race, uh, the time calculators, you know, and I, I even have an article mm-hmm. about it just cause I find it pretty fascinating. And it's like a little bit of a thing where you can look at and compare yourself to your older you or to your younger you, you know, and so see like how you um, match up. So I think that would be kind of fun. Like if you do the half to actually look at that and see how it, how it it compares, but uh, just moving on, I guess. 
Yeah. To trying to stay like injury free. Uh, and I, maybe injury free is not the terminology I should use and just say like minimize injury. Cause I think it's kind of, you know, part of, uh, getting older, but do you have any tips for that? Whether it's nutrition recovery, you already mentioned like the walk run, um, but any stretches or anything that you have found helpful. Yeah. So I think, I think replacing your shoes regularly, um, mm-hmm is really important. And I I think that's taking those recovery days. I think those are my top two. And then the one other thing that I think has made a a difference for me, um, I popped my hamstring this last summer and I was doing some PT for a while. And I think they're called Russian hamstring curls. And essentially you you tuck your feet underneath something solid and immovable. And Mm -hmm. it's an eccentric exercise. So while you're on your knees, you just lower your whole body forward. Um, I'll send you a link that you can cool. put okay. into it just to a, to a YouTube yeah. version of it. But I think that that eccentric load on the hamstring, for me, it's made a difference in terms of at least my hamstring function. And I think, you know, your hamstrings and your back are all connected. Yeah. Uh, like you, I've, I've struggled. I'll, I'll, I'll start several times a year saying, okay, I'm going to be way better about stretching and yoga. And just when it comes down to it, if I only have so much time, I'd rather really move than stretch, but, um, several times a year, I'll try to get better at it. And sooner or later, maybe a few things will stick. No, same, same. I am doing, I don't think I've told you this, but I started, I think in December, I got an email and it was from like Macmillan running, um, which I don't participate in any of their training programs, but I must've been on their list. And they had this magic mobility program. Uh, So I paid for that. I think it was $5 like for a month. So I just did the year. So I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, why not try it? 60 bucks. Um, And so I'm trying to do that once a day and it's less than five. Five minutes. Well, it's, it's literally less than five minutes and it's a different kind of exercise and it's either like a posture thing or some kind of stretch. Um, so I'm making myself do that. And some of them, like I'm finding like some of the stretches are kind of like it, you know, but some of them are really helping, I think. So again, it's kind of magic mobility. Um, I don't have any, you know, it, anything to do with it, but it's uh, pretty, it's cheap. So it's, it's worth it. I think. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I think that it's just finding anything like that. That's fast that you can actually make sure that you do. And yeah. I mean, sometimes it's nice to have a little skin in the game because if you've paid for it, then you feel a little more, uh, motivation to use it. That's so true. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you travel, well, maybe not with COVID, but with traveling, uh, do you have any, I guess, tips for people that travel frequently for either nutrition or for working out? you know, cause eventually we're going to get back to that. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's one of the, my favorite things that I would say is, um, I I've run in so many random places and it really is just, it's a different way to get a feel for the landscape. So, mm-hmm. um, the, the upside. So for my job, I've been able to travel to some really far flung places, uh, that I, maybe not would have ever gone before. And it's, it's some of the random things like, um, running in Hong Kong. I remember just being amazed because they have those massive skyscrapers and scaffolding, scaffolding going up the whole building that was all made of bamboo, which it just, my, it, it, it's, it seems weird to have such high tech skyscrapers and then all this bamboo scaffolding. And you really, I, I saw those things because 
I got out and I ran and you see people like there, there's a lot of people doing Tai Chi in the morning. That's very different than, um, another meeting, uh, I was running in Amsterdam and I, I ended up running through the zoo and I didn't realize it was just right there. And you just, you see so many different things and I feel like you experience places in a different way yeah. um, on your feet. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a way that like, let's say you get to Amsterdam, like, do you have any specific way that you figure out where you're going to go? Like, do you have any sites that you go to or so, Google, or you just go? A lot of times it's just Google. And sometimes uh-huh. it's purely a matter of you just kind of are finding your way around. So yep. I have a terrible sense of direction. Yep. Um, I will say that's one of the things that's nice that everywhere you go now you have a phone and it probably has a mapping app so that at least I can know I can find my way back. Um, because I definitely, uh, I have gotten, I've gotten lost in more than one city as well, but, um, it, it's just, I just head out and explore quite frequently. And I yeah. would actually say, I mean, in terms of strength training, mm-hmm. I used to rely on the fact that I traveled often enough that I would be able to hit hotel gyms. because I haven't belonged to a gym since my kids were very, small. Um, and I don't do as much strength training because I don't have that built in gym mm-hmm. access. So, yeah. um, hopefully that'll come back with training or with uh, traveling. I agree. Uh, yeah. Same. Like I would go hit the hotel gym. Cause I was like, well, what else am I going to do if I have like a little free time? Uh, but then at home I don't mm-hmm. have, you know, I have more equipment now. I shouldn't make that excuse. I do have stuff, but Yeah. What about just motivation? I know a lot of the guests that we've had have just had like just internal motivation, but not everybody has that. So, you know, how do you, you could answer it both ways, like how you stay personally motivated and then how you recommend it for other people and kind of what's your why. Yeah. And I think, I mean, again, and this is where it comes back to what a lot of the people you've had on your show have said is, you know, as, as hard as it can be to get out of bed in the morning, I know the rest of my day, I will feel better and I will be better if I have gotten up and gotten out. So it, it definitely, it's, it's not always easy, especially when it's dark and it's cold. But I think that, I mean, for better or for worse, you know, when you're in your 40s, you know yourself well enough that I know that it's worth just okay if I can just make it till I've brushed my teeth I'll be happy I got up <laughs> I and then once I'm up it's easy to get out it's just getting like yes the, it's, it's the actual process of getting out of bed I think that's hard yeah I agree completely especially uh, in the winter mm-hmm. yeah and I mean in terms of for other people I, I think it's just I, I think it's getting into the habit because I know people who have started and stopped exercise more so. And I, I think that it, it is, it's just, it's creating that habit that, um, because everybody I think feels that benefit to it, maybe mm-hmm. not to the same extent of, um, people who are lifelong runners, but I think everybody feels, feels better after they've done it. So it's just trying to re- focus on that part of it. Yeah, I, I agree. What about any apps or gear? And you mentioned, you know, changing your shoes. Um, but do you have any particular gear or things like that that you recommend? I don't. I, I mean, I definitely come back to I, I think the shoes are important. And for me, I think like Hocus have really helped as I feel like I've gotten older. Mm. But I, I was talking to um, my 
stepmother-in-law over Christmas. And, and for her, having a zero-entry shoe is, I mean, for her, that's all the difference in the world in terms of how her knees function. Yeah. And okay. I think it's maybe, the, and that's, I guess, the, the one piece of gear advice that I would say is, you know, don't even listen to what somebody else swears by because mm-hmm. your solution might be something different. Well, actually, the other thing I guess I can throw in, and I think you, because of you partially, I have these as well, are the recovery sandals. I wear these around my house all day, every day now. And I think that they, now when I don't have them, I feel like my knees and my back differently. So recovery sandals, I have the UFOs, but um, they've been a, a really big help. Yeah, so Sarah is mentioning these, they're UFAs, like you said, it's O-O-F-A-S, and uh, we were working at a trade show, like on the hard cement floor, and they had a booth set up, and so we just went over and tried them on, and literally, I think we all, like all of us ended up buying them, and I bought some for my kids, so the funny story is, I actually got both my parents them for Christmas and they're not the sandals, but they actually are the shoes. And then I got myself the shoes. They're pretty expensive though. Um, they're probably, they're over a hundred dollars, maybe like one twenty. Um, but my daughter and I both got them and I wear them like with jeans or just, you know, leggings or whatever. So you can wear them all winter. Um, but they're literally like walking on clouds. So if you like the sandals, you might want to check those too. Like I, I don't even think I've worn another shoe like all winter. Obviously I'm not dressing up. They're not dress shoes, but, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. I need to get like a, a affiliate link for them or something. Uh, I probably don't. <laughs> so they're, they're seriously amazing. <laughs> I, um, I, I really, I very much swear by them as well. Yeah. It was just funny how we all, if you would have seen us all come out with those shoes, you got a free pair too, I think, didn't you? I did. They yeah. were very nice people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well I was, I got a little sidetracked there, but, uh, I guess, you know, to wrap up, <laughs> like what, what do you have? Do you set goals? I know you mentioned maybe doing a half marathon, but like, how is your outlook towards fitness and just changing, I guess, as you're, gosh, we're going to be, we're going to be 50, you know, eventually we're going to be in our fifties and then sixties. I mean, do you think out or do you just kind of take it a year at a time? You know, I don't in general make a lot of long-term plans just because I, I feel like, you you know, life moves so fast. Um, it, it's hard to really stick to those, I think, bigger things. I've definitely, I mean, just as I see 50 on the horizon, I thought I want to do something athletically challenging that year. I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a milestone. It's something to shoot for. I would like to be like one of the old people who, and I'll, I'll hopefully maybe be a little more accepting of shuffling or along when I'm <laughs> 70, but I, I'd, I'd like to, I definitely keep moving. I'd like to keep running for as long as my body will hold up. And like I said, I, I, I just, I feel really encouraged now that after feeling like I was really on that downhill slope for several years that I, at least I'm leveling off. So I, I think that might be my last parting words of wisdom is that, um, just keep experimenting and keep at it because I, I, I for sure a couple of years ago, just, I, I wasn't sure how much longer I could run. And now I'm back to yeah. feeling like, um, I can still run and that it's, that's nice. Oh, absolutely. I think that's, yeah, it's like you hit the, that first part where you're just like, oh, everything is going downhill and my body's just not the same as it used to be. But, but you're right. If you just keep plugging a, like away, I think we can figure this out. So, 
Well, thank you for being on the show. It was just a pleasure to keep, you know, to talk about running. Uh, I hope that we get to meet in person relatively soon and, and actually go for a run. I do too. It's yeah. been great. And you've always inspired me with, um, with running with you. So I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very grateful for you. Yeah, same back at you. And it's just a reminder to people too to always try to have that accountability partner. I think it's you know somewhat obvious, but even just when we traveled to just having somebody to meet down in the lobby at 5 a.m., you know, in these different cities was always the the reason I got out of bed usually because having to well, back then I don't think we had the we probably had blackberries when we started, but um, you know, having to tell somebody else that you're not showing up is always, you know, not what you want to do. So thanks again, Sarah. And uh we will be in touch soon. Thanks for listening to the Running After Age 40 podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and give us a like in iTunes. Also check out our website, www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40. We have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.